the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know, our fallen nature makes it so easy for us to deceive ourselves. We tend to think more highly of ourselves than we should. Walking in the Holy Spirit prevents that, as we'll see today on Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. You know, the entire book of Galatians is a a lot about being aware of false teachers and those who would tell us it's all about the law and not about grace. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can avoid this kind of error. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, well, this is self-deception. Today, Pastor Gary Wagner here at Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose will talk about self-deception as we look to Galatians chapter 6. Join us. Here's Gary with today's program. Wherever I am Christ-like, wherever I am obedient, it is not because of me, but it is by the grace of God that I am what I am. And his grace toward me did not prove vain. For I cannot be vain and feel proud and arrogant about anything that I have done good, because if I have ever done one thing good, it is only because of the grace of, not, of God, not because of anything in me. It is in spite of everything I am. And not only that, he says, but I labored even more than all of them. Now, beloved, he's not bragging because he is saying, by God's grace, I have been working harder as an apostle and missionary. I have been more zealous and diligent than many of my Christian contemporaries and equals and fathers. And yet, even then, it is not I, but the grace of God that is with me to sustain me, that has enabled me to do and motivated me to do everything that I have done. He says, I can't take credit for one thing. Now, there are the words of a man who is not deceived about himself. Because he knew what it is to walk in the Spirit's power according to the Spirit's rule. Filling his mind with the Word of God. Praying that the Spirit of God would enable him to put into practice consistently in his life. So he's not deceived in an an overestimation or an underestimation of himself. He knows who he is. I'm a sinner who deserves to go to hell when I die. And if I am anything good at all, it is because of the grace of God performing the work within me. It is only a man walking by the Spirit of God that can say and believe things like that. Well, that brings us to verse 4, which is the reason for verse 3. That is the reason a person can keep from being deceived about their true condition and think he is something when he is nothing is because of the fruit of self-examination in verse 4. But each one must examine his own work, 
And then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone and not in regard to another. That is, walking in the Holy Spirit enables the believer to examine himself honestly and deeply to test his own motives, his own behavior, his own goals and priorities without fear. He's not afraid of taking inventory of his life. Walking by the Spirit overcomes fear and overcomes pride so that he wants to see what is really there. What's beneath the surface? What do I look like inside my heart and my mind? He's not afraid to examine and to test his motives by the Word of God to see if there is anything in his life that needs to be dealt with. And the only reason he can see it there is because he is a Christian and has the Holy Spirit in his life. Instead of merely scrutinizing the lives of other Christians and then comparing ourselves with them, we are to test our own work. For we will have to bear our own load. That is, we are responsible to God for our work and must give an account of everything we do someday when we stand before Him. This work of self-examination, of searching our own souls and of being honest with ourselves to see what's there under the surface is something we must be more diligent at than judging and examining other people. In 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5, Paul is addressing Christians and he says, test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. I'm asking you, have you ever done that? Or have you been afraid to? D did you know you should? Has there ever been a time in your life when you deliberately and consciously tested yourself to see if you're of the faith or to see if your faith is counterfeit? Or do you not recognize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you unless you fail the test? So when someone is walking in the Spirit... He is motivated and enabled and not afraid to search his own soul to make sure he is of the faith. And he must be tough on himself. He's not going to give himself the benefit of the doubt. He may give others the benefit of the doubt, but not himself. Because he knows as he honestly and deeply walks in the Spirit by self-examination... He is going to increase his own assurance of salvation. He is going to save himself from presumption and self-deception. And in that sense, self-examination is a means of grace. Now we talk about the word of God as a means of grace. We talk about the sacraments as a means of grace. That is, as means or instruments by which God brings his powerful, saving, sanctifying grace into our lives. Well, self-examination is one of those instruments. So as you examine yourself to see what is in you, to save yourself from deception, checking on your motives and to see if you are of the faith, the Lord Jesus Christ himself uses that in your life to reassure you of salvation and to strengthen you and to make you a more faithful Christian. And yet... After seeing these commands time and again in Scripture to examine ourselves and search our souls and test ourselves, most people, maybe even most Christians today, 
are total strangers to themselves. John Calvin, when he was in his early 20s, wrote one of the greatest books in the French language, and actually one of the first, which was the Institutes of the Christian Religion. And he began the two volumes with this sentence. The whole sum, in a manner, of all of our wisdom, which only ought to be accounted true and perfect wisdom, consists in two parts. The knowledge of God and the knowledge of ourselves. In other words, when you know God in light of Scripture, and you know yourself in light of the God of Scripture, you have the heart and soul of everything you need to know in this life. And though that is the case, people are still strangers to themselves, never having taken inventory of their own life. Richard Baxter was one of Oliver Cromwell's favorite preachers. He was a Presbyterian preacher in the 17th century, and he wrote a great book called A Christian Directory. I want, to, want you to listen to his explanation of the danger of being a stranger to yourself because you're not examining your own heart. He said, without self-examination, his words were actually self-judgment, we are strangers to ourselves. We have no well-grounded comfort, no true repentance, no just estimation of Christ and grace, no just observance of the motions of God's Spirit, no true application of the promises or threatenings of Scripture. Yea, we shall pervert them all to our own destruction. No true understanding of the providence of God in prosperity or adversity. No just acquaintance with our duty. A man who does not know himself can know neither God nor anything right, nor do anything right. He can never live honestly, reasonably, safely, nor comfortably, nor suffer or die with solid peace. And yet, as central as self-examination is, most people are afraid to do it or too arrogant to do it. And yet, if you do not do it, you will deceive yourself about your true standing with God. And it is only in the power of the Holy Spirit that you will be motivated to examine yourself and thus be saved from self-deception, end quote. Now understand what Paul is talking about. You're not talking about here. When he talks about examining your own heart to see if you are of the faith, he's not talking about some morbid introspection that is self-absorbed. That you walk around with your nose down in your chest all the time and you never look around. You're just always looking down deep and morbid and depressed, sorrowful and detached and isolated from everyone else, consumed with yourself. All you think about is yourself and what is going on in your heart and your motivations. And there is a morbidity about that introspection. And there's no joy. There is just an absorption with self. There is nothing spiritual about that, beloved. Nothing commendable about that at all. There's nothing even Christian about that. There is never anything Christian about being self-absorbed. And if someone just has this morbid introspection, always talking about how bad things are and how bad they are without any joy or focus on the gospel, that is not self-deception and self-examination. That is morbid introspection. 
I like what Charles Spurgeon, the great Reformed Baptist preacher of the last half of the 19th century said. He said, when it comes to self-examination, for every one look, you take it yourself. Take a thousand looks at Christ. Because if you don't, you will be morbid and depressed because there is not much there within you to get excited about. But there is when you look at Christ. So be honest and thorough in searching your own heart. But the whole time you are searching your heart, praise the Lord that you have a Savior. And no matter what you find in there as a Christian, there will not be anything that you will dredge up that is going to separate you from Christ. So you don't have to be afraid of it. It may be embarrassing. It may show that you've been deceiving yourself about your spirituality. But if you are a true Christian, you don't have to be afraid about taking that inventory. Beloved, there is nothing there that will ever separate you from Christ. Remember, he died for whatever you find down there. Now, what is the criteria? That is, what is the standard by which you are to test yourself? What is the measure? We'll turn to Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. Hebrews 13, verses 20 and 21. Now, the God of peace, you should know this well. This is one of the benedictions I use often. Now, the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus Christ our Lord, equip you in every good thing to his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, in that great doxology, ascription of praise, we find three criteria that we can use to examine ourselves. And this is something we should do when we are by ourselves when we're all alone and we're able to think about ourselves. First of all, you ask yourself the question, are my thoughts, motives, behaviors, priorities, relationships in accordance with the word of God? In other words, are you doing what God demands or are you even concerned with what God commands? What do you see down there in terms of conformity? In your thoughts, your dreams, your behavior, your self-expression, do you see conformity to the Word of God? And when you seek a lack of conformity, what does it honestly do to you? Second, are you motivated by a desire to please God out of gratitude for the salvation you have in Christ? In other words, why do you do the things that you do that are right? Why do you try to keep from doing the things that are wrong? Is it simply to keep from going to hell when you die? Is it so you can be in a position to receive all kinds of temporal blessings? You know, get a good job so that everything will go smooth in your life, so that you won't be sick. What is the ultimate motive down deep for the things you do day in and day out? Is it ultimately a desire to please the Lord Jesus Christ out of gratitude to him? Third, 
Are you dependent upon Christ for everything good in you? In other words, in all of the decisions you have to make, are you depending on the fact that you are intelligent and totally wise, or are you dependent upon Christ to give you the strength by His Spirit to make every decision you have to make, to do whatever you have to do? Are you looking to Him or in some way looking to yourself to accomplish the things that you are doing? In other words, examine yourself in the bright light of God's examination of you. Let His laws and His gospel sift and try you. Read His word. Make yourself open and vulnerable to be searched and tried by that word. Remember, he knows everything that is in your heart. He knows every thought. Nothing can be hidden from Almighty God. Richard Baxter, in his book again, The Christian Directory, gave several pages worth of directions on helping us to examine ourselves. He says, Let watchfulness over our hearts and lives by self-judgment be your continual work. Never grow careless, or neglectful of yourselves. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life, unquote. In other words, never be presumptuous in reference to yourself. Never let self-examination lag. Make this a continual work. Look at your life when you go to bed at night. Think about how you have treated other people. Think about how you have thought about God during the way, day. Regularly take inventory of your heart that you never grow self-satisfied. You understand that? So you never grow self-satisfied in your faith. You never give yourself the benefit of the doubt. You always come back time and again to search your own soul, to test yourself, to see if you are of the faith. Secondly, Baxter said, live in the light as much as possible. He meant by that, regularly attend to the preaching of the teaching of the Word of God. That's one thing. Get in a church where there is faithful preaching of the Word of God and stay under it. And every time you have the opportunity to hear it, hear it preached and taught, most particularly on Sunday, which is God's given day to worship Him. Make your... Sure, every Sunday begins and ends for you under the Word of God. Now, for us at RHC, that may mean you listen in the evening to the preached Word on CD. Get in light as much as possible, and that means also on Wednesday nights and our men and women's study. Every opportunity you have. Thirdly, don't make light of any sin which you discover in yourselves by self-examination. That is, you are searching your own soul and you say, well, praise the Lord, I don't see murder in my heart. Of course, if you say that, you haven't really looked deep enough because the Bible says if you hate someone for an ungodly reason, you have committed murder. I don't see embezzlement. I haven't seen adultery. You haven't looked deep enough, my friends. If you have compared yourself to the law of God and you don't see anything and you say, praise the Lord, 
none of these things are there, then that means you are being like the Judaizer that is more concerned with external behavior than you are with the intentions and the thoughts of the heart. But you say, well, there is a sin in my life. Oh, it's not the biggest sin in the world. It's not as big as so-and-so over here. There is this sin, but it's not that big a deal. Understand, whatever sin you see in your life is a big deal. It is a big deal. You are not to compare yourself with so-and-so. Well, my sin is not as big as so-and-so's sin. You compare your sin to what God demands of you, and you understand that all sin is infectious. It's like harboring an infection in your heart, and it festers into something larger. If you just allow it to remain there and do nothing to kill it, expunging it, it will affect your whole system. And moreover, as the old Puritans used to say, sin is ambitious. Sin always tries to get away with the most it can get away with. Whenever a sinful thought, a bitter, hostile, angry thought comes to your mind, if that sin thought it could get away with it, it would show itself in outright physical murder. If a lustful thought could do what it wants to do, it would be overt adultery. If you leave these things alone and you let them simmer in your soul, you will find yourself doing things that you thought you would never do. So when you are examining yourself, whenever you, whenever sin, whatever sin you see there, it is a big deal. Treat it as a big deal and as a dangerous thing in your life. One more thing in closing. Spend much more time in doing your actual duty than in examining yourself. You know, seek the kingdom first of God and his righteousness. Seek first the things that are above. Mortify, put to death, Turn from fleshly lusts and the indwelling sin that remains within you. Give yourself up to living a holy life, submitting to the word of God, doing all the good you can for the glory of God and for other people in this world. Seeking after God with all your heart as he revealed himself in the Lord Jesus Christ. Spend more time at doing your duties than simply sitting back and examining yourself. Now, of course, you must examine yourself. And remember, for every one look you take at yourself, take a thousand looks at Christ by spending more time serving God and serving other people than examining yourself. Because when you are faithful and diligent in doing what God has commanded you to do, then those changes that God's Spirit has brought about in your life, which you want to see, to know that you are a Christian, will become more noticeable and more discernible and brighter. When you are concerned with doing your duty, no matter how you feel, rather than just sitting back and examining yourself all the time, your conscience will be less accusing and less condemning of you. 
When you examine yourself, your conscience will accuse you. It will find things you have done wrong and they will condemn you. And that's a good thing. And if you are not doing what your duty says, it will constantly condemn you. But doing what God has told you to do makes your conscience freer. And it's not, of course, as accusing. And you can be sure that such faithfulness to duty will never be overlooked by the Lord. If you are seeking to be faithful to him, even though you may not be doing as well as other people can do it, you are doing what God wants you to do. And he always sees it. So self-examination is not something a true Christian is afraid to do if he is walking in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to do it. He gives the power, gives us the power to see what he's doing within our hearts. And he is the one who enables us to make the changes we need to make. When was the last time you took inventory? Beloved, test yourself to see if you are of the faith. Well, that's all the time we have today. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. If you'd like to review today's broadcast, we would invite you to contact us for a copy of the program. They're available for just $5. Mention today's date and we'll send a CD your way. Here's where to write to us. PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. That's in Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Again, that's PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032 is that address. Our phone number, if you'd rather call, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. Our website is reformedheritage.org, and if you'd like to join us for worship, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. We meet at the Lone Hill Church on 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions at our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, call 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue our studies in God's Word. Until then, may Christ be your abounding grace. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.